study in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We will look in um, verse number 20 to begin our reading this week. I'm going to preach to you about the local church. I don't know about you, but I love church. I love church. I, I, it has been a vital and an important piece of my life as long as I can remember. I went to the, I mean, I was going to church before I was born. I've been in church since then, and I wouldn't have it any other way. And I understand that not everybody's that way. And sometimes I get a little bit uh, complacent because I've had it so, I've had it so good. You know, people that I meet that get saved and they didn't grow up in church, they uh, sometimes they, they have a, an appreciation for church that makes me realize, man, I need to take a second and thank God for how I was raised or thank God for, you know, people that were in my life that he placed there that taught me right from wrong and took me to church. But I see in our culture and I see in our day kind of a turning away from church and the importance of church. The importance of church as a family, the importance of church as a couple, the importance of church as an individual. And I want to look at a few different things this morning. We'll begin reading in verse number 20, 1 Corinthians 12. Please pray for me and bear with me. I'm God, I don't know if y'all had this sinus congestion. We didn't get any of that ice, but I, I'm telling you, we got some pressure, and it's messing with me this morning. So pray for me. And if you're dealing with that, I'll pray for you. It says, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 12, But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Nay, many more of those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon those we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no, no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh. That there be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another, or for another. And whether one member suffer all, the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Let us pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your church and your house. God, we praise you for giving it to us. Pray this morning that we would look as we consider the local church, the importance of the local church. God, and the role it's played in our lives and the blessing we have to be able to take part of it. We don't deserve that opportunity, but yet we have it, and we thank you for that. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. When we consider, we know that the church is explained as the body of Christ. We know that on earth it's explained as a body because your body, the parts of your body, they work together to accomplish whatever you have in front of you. Whatever your goal is, if it's to get up and drive to work, it takes uh, a brain, it takes your eyes, it takes your ears, it takes your hands, your arms, your feet. It takes your body to be able to drive a vehicle somewhere. I think most people have most of their body. They just don't take the brain with them when they drive. Sometimes I don't know if they take their eyes with them. Sometimes I don't know if they use their ears. But you, it's important to have those things to be able to get from point A to point B. And what you do, I'm not talking about you, Mom, but, uh, but some people, they just don't take everything with them when they go and they drive. 
But, you know, in life in general, it's important. Whatever you do, if you go uh, pick up something, it takes your body. And I don't know if it's ever dawned on you, but as you gain muscle memory of doing things, I remember back when I used to exercise, how that used to, emphasis there, how that you, you gain muscle memory and you begin to learn uh, how, to, how to do those things. And before long, too long, it's, it's natural when you go uh, and exercise it, you know it exactly what you're looking for. And you start to really be able to, to, to become a fit person when you realize that, you know what, I'm pushing myself further and further and I'm learning more and, and I'm utilizing all parts of my body and without even thinking of it, you, you, you begin to really challenge your body to, yeah. to, to become more active, to become more fit. I don't do that anymore. Thank the Lord. I don't have time for it. But if you do, you know what I mean. You know what that, that muscle memory means. If you go to work and, and you get on the computer, I, I think sometimes I go to sign in on my computer at work, and before I even think about it, I just do it. It's crazy what your body will learn, what your mind will learn to do. Just muscle memory. It's just something that we, we can't explain. And in the church, how does the body effectively accomplish the task ahead? Without a limb, without a mind, without an eye, without uh, we know uh, Christ is the is the head, but we know that these these other members of the body are vitally important. We know that that I might just be the finger, but I'm needed. I might just be the hand, but I'm needed. I might be a foot, but I'm needed, and you are too. The body, the local, the body of the local church can't serve and and survive and succeed like it needs to without you being a part of it. Emphasis on local. Get there in just a moment. But I want to look at the mind, what the mind of the local church should be. And what the Bible says the mind of the local church should be. And I believe first, and as it says here in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians, it says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. The mind of the local church should be Christ-like. We're a body here. And our mind and what we think of and how we serve and how we spiritually connect one to another, it should be Christ-like first and foremost. This isn't a social club. It's not a, a place to come meet new friends. It's not a place to come, uh, uh, you know, come and, and get the scoop on what's going on in the community. Now, this is a place to meet some of the best people you'll ever meet. And I'm not saying friends don't come from church. Some of my best friends in the world I met at church. But first and foremost, our mind should be Christ-like. It should be on the things of God, on the things of Christ and what he did, what he, he came to do. The biggest and, and, and most concerning mark on a church when you go to one is when you can tell that it's not got a Christ-like mind. If it doesn't seem like that's what they're there for, I, I want to get away from that because that's what it's all about. We're here for him. We're here to worship him. We're here to serve him. We're here to preach about him. We're here to read about him. We're here to talk about him. We're here to love him. We're here individually to serve him in your own way. The mind of the local church, it needs to be Christ-like. Now, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. We are part of his body. We're of him. So a church that's of him, that body, it, it can't be Christ-like if they're not focusing upon him. The mind of the church should be Christ-like. And it should be, the, let me say this, the, the members of that body need to reflect him. I was reading an article about trench foot during World War I and how people would get 
get that, I think it's connected to gangrene or something like that. But if you ever seen that, it's nasty. Like it's a nasty infection. There's churches that's got that. They've got that part, piece of the body. They've got the member of the body that's got that nasty infection. They're because they're not Christ-like. If your body, if there's parts and pieces, I've been dealing with with some issues recently, and after visiting the doctor, a doctor uh, last week, I found out that it, a lot of these issues are related to my gallbladder. I've got part of my body trying to kill me. I got part of my body that doesn't want me to have a happy day. And I'm telling you, it's been wearing on me. If I could wish anything away, it'd be that right now. I've been doing better this past week, but I'm telling you, you get a piece of piece or part of your body that rejects what you're trying to do, it makes life hard. You let an active person break their leg, it'll drive them crazy. Because if they can't get up and go, if they can't, I mean, like, I'm stir crazy. I couldn't imagine breaking my leg or getting to a point where I couldn't get up and go do something. I'll get up in the middle of the night just to go do something because my mind just races and I'm just, I, I, can't, I can't ever rest. My grandmother, when she found out she had cancer, I knew that the hardest thing about cancer for her would be when she was down. Not the cancer, but just the time she spent down because that would just drive her crazy. And it was hard on her not to be able just to do, just to go do, just to get up and go. When there's a piece and part of your body that is rejecting what is trying to take place and what's trying to happen, that's a problem. And a Christ-like church, the members and the pieces, and it says there in, in verse, uh, we'll go back a little bit, it says, uh, verse uh, 22, Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. What this is saying is that each part is needed in the body of Christ. We all serve our purpose. Verse 24, for our comely parts have no, no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part, that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. You don't stub your toe and just take your foot off and set it to the side and say, I'll, I'll come back when it recovers. You stub your toe and you think some bad thoughts and you ask God to forgive you and you go on. And your body suffers from it because you've got, you've got pain. You're hurt. You don't just... Something happened to part of your body and, the, and your mind just annoy, ignores it. There's nerves, there's nerves and there's a system in place to let your brain know, hey, I'm hurting. I need some help. Shelby, you don't, have, you don't go into labor without your whole body knowing. Right? That doesn't happen like that. It just, it's part of it. The church is the same way. If we have a link that's not Christ-like, if we have a link that's not serving God, the whole body will suffer with it. If we have a link that is rejoicing, that is growing, that is serving God, the whole body should rejoice with it. That's the way it was designed. That's why the mind of the local church needs to be Christ-like. 
Because in the down times, we can serve together and we can lift those up that are hurting. In the good times, we can all rejoice together that God's doing great things. That's the importance of the Christ-like mind of the local church. But next, the, the mind of the local church, not only does it need to be Christ-like, but it needs to be Bible teaching. Ephesians 4.12 says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Speaking of teaching and, and, and studying God's word. Bible teaching is one of the most missed points in churches today. I think that what we've done is we've taken this book and we've just kind of got the highlights and we, we are basing things off of hearsay. Well, I heard the pastor talk about the story about Noah and, and the ark. I heard him talk about it. But I think one thing we're missing is proving it and showing it in this word, studying together this word. One of the things you find years and years ago in the Roman Catholic Church, this would have got me killed a few thousand years ago. But in the Roman Catholic Church, what you would find is that they didn't want people like you and me having access to this word. Because they didn't want us to study it for our own. That's tyranny. That's, that's evil. To think about that. How blessed we are to have an opportunity to study this word for ourselves. And here we are today and we've got this opportunity. And I believe we're so far away from persecution that we forget how important it is to realize just to have a copy of this word is a blessing. To have this in front of us. Why would we not utilize Bible teaching for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the, carry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why would we not utilize this word and try to teach that to, to my little one and your little ones and our family and our loved ones and our people that we care about and the people that come and visit us? Why would we not try to be a Bible? Why would we not want our mind to be a Bible-teaching mind? It's so important. The biggest thing that you'll see in, in a Christian that's having problems in their life moving forward from something. The biggest problem that you will a lot of times find in a Christian that just can't overcome things. It's not the trauma of days gone by. A lot of times Jesus has helped them set that to the side. It's amazing what God can do with, with things you faced in your past. It's only by him that he helps us get through the next day. But it's not the, the trauma a lot of the times. It's not the, the difficulties of the week behind. It's not the difficulties and the anxiety of the, day, the week ahead. But it's because they're ill-equipped in God's word. One of the greatest areas where we fail and we lack, and myself, I fall, is not being more diligent in God's word. And if I don't, in myself, settle, you know what? The mind of this body of Christ, it needs to be a Bible-teaching mind. How do we ever expect to grow? We have to be a Bible-teaching body for the work of the ministry, for the protecting, perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How can we be Christ-like if we don't know, hey, we need to lift him up? How do we work in the ministry in the way we want to if we don't know which, what that path looks like? I've got 411 messages about discipleship, just trying to grow in the simple things about God's word. But if I don't start each of these messages as I study in God's word, it's not going to do anybody any good. Bible teaching, it's so important. But the mind of the local church should also be evangelistic. 1 Corinthians 12, back in verse number 12, it says, 
For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one, so also is Christ. How often do we think about church and do we think about God's family as kind of a closed group? You know, I mean, it, it happens. There's definitely some closed groups out there I can't get in. There's some places I don't have the money to roll with. There's some people I don't have the, the prestige and the fame to be around. And hey, that's okay with me. I don't care much about that anyway. But the family of God, it, it's comprised of lots of different people. Different places they came from, different ways they grew up, different sins they deal with. The body's co compromised of a lot of different things. And so we ought not think that this, this do these doors are closed to people. Now, I'm not saying that we ought to just let sin roll in here and take over. But we ought to be a place that we offer up an opportunity and an alternative to say, hey, there's a different way to live life. There's a different opportunity in front of you. You don't have to go down this track. I deal with stuff, Jonathan, you may have never dealt with, but you deal with stuff I may have never faced. Who am I to fight? Britain, you're wrong. You, you, you think this way or deal with it. I can't do that. The reality is you face different things than I do. I face different things. I'll not condone and, and, and make you, you feel like that your sin's all right, but i got to realize i got it in my own life and lift up and realize that this body, it's a lot bigger than me while standing to the truth. I think what happens a lot of times is we just let the floodgates open. We've got to be careful and, and, and realize that God has standards that he sets in this book. But God also wants all of his children to be a part of his family. We've got to make sure those doors are truly open. We've got to make sure the doors in our hearts are truly open. Tell you what, with all the things I've done against God, to, to think about me not wanting to go reach somebody, I think about going to West Virginia. We go up there, and, and we've, we've taken churches up there. I hadn't been in a while, but we've taken churches up there. And, you know, you get there, and it's a different world. Some of those places that you, you go to, and there's places like it around here, don't get me wrong, we're, we're going to talk about missions as well, but we go on missions trips, and you see these people, and they grew up, they grew up hard, a lot harder than I did. People my age, younger than me, facing, you know, drug problems and, and, and all kinds of issues that I've never even thought about. And, you know, my old flesh, it thinks there's something within them. There's something about them. Maybe, maybe I, well, I can't reach them. The devil wants me to think, well, I can't reach them. They won't listen to me. That big old dude wearing the biker jacket and all the tattoos and long hair, he won't listen to me. He might be a child of God. He might be a child of God. He might be the most faithful, Bible-believing person in the room. We ought not think because we look a certain way or we dress a certain way or we do something a certain way that we're the only part of the body. There's other parts. Now, I believe that as Christians go along in their life, I believe that they will begin to look more like what God's Word says. I believe that they will... There's a man that got saved, and when he got saved, he had earrings in his ears and long hair went to church with him and just different than what I guess church people think church men should look like but he comes and he gets saved and before he left the church that night somebody confronted him about his long hair and his earrings what why, why in the world would anybody think that's okay 
This happened. Mom can attest to that. This happened to this man. And you know what? I believe that scarred a sense of his spiritual life the rest till, till today. Because somebody said immediately, when are you going to cut that hair? When are you going to get them earrings out of your ears? You know what? Let God change that stuff. Let God fix those things. We should be evangelistic. It's not our job to make mold somebody into what they need to look like for us to feel good. Let God do that. Let God do that. And you will see the fruit from that. God will work on somebody. God will change them. And also the church, the mind of the church needs to be community-minded. It needs to be community-minded. When it's taught, when you think about the body, and in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 12, it says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not, of the, not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased them. And if they were all one member, where were the body? This is talking about the unity of the church. And I want to take just a second here to think about a community-minded church. Now, to go back for just a second, I'm sorry I missed this, but we're, Lord willing, I want to follow up with, with, a, miss, with a, a message on missions and the importance of, of a missions-minded church. But we're going to go on now for just a moment, but to consider being community-minded. How do we expect to reach the world if our home's not in order? There's nothing like seeing somebody go tell somebody how to live their life and you know their home life's a wreck. I just, it just doesn't make sense. You don't do that. Get your life straight, and then you might be able to be a help to other people. And I guarantee you while you're trying to get your home life straight, it, God will humble you to the point where you'll be able to help somebody else. But in your resentment and in your anger, if you go try to tell everybody how to live their life, they're not going to want to hear it. You and yourself work out. You work out how you live, how you serve. But in the church... Being a community-minded church is vital. Being a community-minded church member is important to, as well. What, is that, what does that mean? I believe that if we're going to be part of the body, that our little churches and our churches along the way, along these roads and along the mountains and down to the Piedmont, down to the coast, that our churches are linked together as a body, church to church. What I'm saying is that I believe it's important to seek out first and foremost, God, let me serve in my community if I can. If you're from Marshall, God, let me. If, I, if you open that door, maybe you have. That's fine. If you're from Marshall, God, let me serve here if I can. Let me serve the people that I live beside if I can. God, I'm from Mars Hill. Let me serve the people here. I'm from Lester. Let me serve the people here if I can. I believe and and. There was something that happened. Somebody was looking for, for something. Somebody was looking for some help. And we, we, you know, this come up. But it was a little bit more difficult because they weren't part of our community. They weren't close. They weren't here. And, and we got people that need right here. We need to serve this community first because it's important that we try to help as much as we can right here. 
But I think even in your individual service, even your individual attendance, it's important. God, I want to serve as close to home as I can. Because if there's only churches in Asheville, if everybody drives to Asheville to go to church, what, what's going to happen in this community? If everybody, if there's only churches in Asheville and there's only churches in Charlotte and there's only churches in Atlanta, that is not a picture of the body of Christ. And just to say for another thing, it shouldn't be church versus church. That's what this is talking about here. If the, if the foot shall say, because I'm, I'm not the head, I'm not of the body. Well, I'm the foot. I'm not, I, I don't want anything to do with the hand. I'm the foot. Feet stink most of the time. There's something wrong there. I'm out of the body. I'm part, I'm the foot. Or I'm out of the body, I'm the hand. No, we all together, we link together. We serve together with the other communities around. We serve together with Mars Hill. We serve together with Marshall. We serve together with Lester. We serve together with Asheville. It can't just be in one spot. And I think people to make, and I'm not, I am not, please do not take this the wrong way, but I believe sometimes, sometimes, I know people that drive 30 minutes to go to church in another community, and that's because that's where God's put them. And don't you get, please don't get me wrong about this. But I believe people, to ease their conscience, will drive past 50 churches to go feel good about themselves. I've seen it. I know people that do it. I just, it's dangerous. We've got to be careful. We've got to make sure we're serving where God wants us to. And I believe, first and foremost, that's in our community. You say, well, you're not in your community. That's true. I'm the preacher. God sends the preacher all over the place. But I, have a, I still have a heart for my community. I still want to help people in my community. I still want to bless people in my community. Mom and her role and what she does. I don't know if you watch WLOS, but she's on there about as much as the weatherman. But you watch her, and I'm very proud of her and how she serves our area, Buncombe County, and how that she goes and she sets up meals she set up meals and i remember one night i don't know how late it was when covid started we're all sitting at the table we stayed up late that night and she's planning the routes that the food would go and i mean it it, it was not an easy undertaking i'm proud of her for that and i drive by churches and i drive by communities and i see the sign you know church school meals 12 to 12 30 or 12 whatever and that's a blessing because she had a part in that. She's serving her community. But I believe, first and foremost, it's important for her, even though she's in a role where she serves all of Buncombe County and Asheville, I see her still want to serve the Lester community. That's what we need to do. Even though I'm, I live in Lester and I serve out here and I want to serve out here, I've got people that live beside me that need Jesus. I need to be community-minded for my community, for this community. Same to you, our, the greater area, the community of the whole world. But starting here, starting at home, let's try to serve the people beside us. Madison County is blessed. I say this all the time, and I told somebody the other day, I love serving in Madison County because I know a lot of these pastors up this road. I know a lot of the pastors in the county, and I can't think of one of them I've ever had a negative run-in with. That's a blessing. You don't have that everywhere. I believe we've got an opportunity in this county to really see God change things if we get community-minded. To reach them. God, am I serving in the right spot? God, am I where I need to be? Lord, I, I know it's easy to go do this thing. Or I know it's easy to go do that thing. I know it's easy to go to this church or go do this. But God, put on a burden on me in my community. Put a burden on me on my road. Put a burden on me on the people that live beside me. We built in a subdivision about a year ago. 
And I've learned that I'm just, I had neighbors, I couldn't even see their house that I knew better than people that I live right beside. That's been the start of my prayer. Lord, make me more community-minded for my little subdivision. As long as I live there, I don't know how long I'll be there, but God, give me a heart for those people. Like I said, for some reason, when you live right beside people that are a mile away, you know them better than people you live 100 feet away from. Maybe it's just the way it is these days. But God, give me a more community-minded heart for these people right here beside me. Because I can come preach about it, but if I don't live it, I'm, I'm that foot. I'm that stinky foot. I'm almost done. The mind of the local church and the method of the local church. Ephesians 3, 7 through 9. It says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me who am less than, than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. What that's saying is that the method of the local church, a big, huge chunk of that is preaching. It's preaching. It's vitally important that this sacred desk, from this sacred desk, comes preaching and teaching. And if I don't do that, you need to let me know. I need to knock upside the head every once in a while. But the method of the local church, a huge piece of that's preaching. Go, go to a church that's, that's, that's facing some kind of issue or adversity. A lot of times you'll find a disconnect behind a pulpit somewhere. Dysfunctional pulpits cause dysfunctional churches. Dysfunctional churches can not help dysfunctional families. And dysfunctional families see dysfunctional children fall into a lot more problems and heartache than we would ever imagine. It starts from the under-shepherd. The man who stands behind this pulpit needs to be someone that preaches and teaches truth from God's word according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. And it goes on and it says unto me who am less than the least of all saints is the grace given. Preaching ought to come from a humble spirit and a humble heart. The method of the local church. Also in fellowship and in worship, Ephesians again 4, verse 1 through 5, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Fellowship and worship and unity is a vital, important part of church. Some of the worst conflicts I've ever seen or been around have been in God's house. It's a shame. That's messed up. shouldn't be that way. But you know, I've also got closer with people that I've known in church. than I'm closer to some people I've been to church with than I am some of my family. Because that's the type of bond God can strike up in his house. But we've got to remember that endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace 
being peaceful people. Standing on the truth, standing firmly, standing boldly, but endeavoring, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Fellowship and worship in a unified body of Christ. When you have that, when you experience that, you'll know it. And it feels good. I believe we feel that here. I feel that here. That's the method of the local church. We see that through preaching. We see it through fellowship and through worship. But as I finish here this morning, I've got three things for you to consider today. Three things. And I'll be done. And I've been considering these things myself this week. The measure of the local church. First, do we truly serve? I'm asking you, do you truly serve? According to these principles in this word. Well, let's think about this. I mentioned it earlier. Are you Christ-like? As I was praying this week, I was thinking, God, make me more like you. And you got to be careful what you ask for because the next morning I got up and I got put into a situation where I had to be more like him. And I'm, I'm all flesh. I'm all man. God, I need your strength to make me more like you because I realized once I got in that situation, that's not an easy thing to do. But you know what? God helped me through that situation and I felt a victory this week in something. Make me more like you, Lord. If you're wondering, do I truly serve you need to look at how Christ-like you are. How Christ-like are you living? But concerning the Bible, how much time do you spend in this Word? Now, you don't have to be a, a master. You don't, there, there are people that have oodles and gazoodles of, of degrees from colleges in theology and divinity and all kinds of other Bible degrees, and they don't know a bit more about God. There, there are people that couldn't even read the Bible. People that I know of that couldn't even hardly read. I knew of a, a person in our family, his, his wife had to read the Bible to the church before he preached. But he had the Spirit of God on him. That's what's important. When you come to this, to this book right here with a spirit of, Lord, I may not understand every little thing. I may not understand what you mean here. I may not understand what you mean there. But God, I want to know your word. You're doing yourself more you're, doing, you're, you're blessing yourself and you may not even realize it. Are we evangelistic? Do we truly serve in that area? Do we think of this as a closed group or do we think, no, God wants to save everybody that would come? Are we community-minded? Do you have a spirit or a heart for that neighbor that maybe you don't talk to much? Maybe that neighbor you don't know. i got one person who lives... 75 feet from my house, I've never seen, never even seen his face. Looks like a NASCAR race when he gets, goes to his house. And I'm not being mean, it's just whoop, gets in the garage and you never see him. I mean, it just, it just happens. That's easy for me to think, well, you know what? I, that's how it's going to be. I, don't, I wouldn't waste my time. But as I've been praying to be more community-minded, God hadn't told me to stand in the middle of the road yet. Not, but to be more community-minded, you know what? I want to make a connection with that person because I want to know that I've tried to show them the light of the Lord. 
Do we truly serve in that area? Do we faithfully prepare for church? Do you faithfully prepare for church? I was thinking last night, I, was, I had a lot on my mind. Something I'll tell you one day. I can't, I'm not sharing right now, but just yesterday, a lot of stuff on my mind. A lot of going on. Feel like, you know, you ever been there? You feel like you've just crested a hill and you're like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm feeling good. I'm kind of ready for, for just some flat ground. And then you, then you realize the, a wrench gets thrown and everything. It's kind of how it's been. I, I'm like, Lord, why is this going on? Why am I having these feelings? Why is this, this coming up in my life? It's just, it's stressful. And my, in my craze last night, I was preparing my fly box to go fishing about a month. And they start stocking. That's like one of my favorite things in the world to do. And I'm working and I'm getting my flies together. And it was just like, like Shelby explained it, a mind-numbing something to do. But really, it just calms me down. I'm preparing for something that is a month down the road before I can go and have any success. I'm preparing for it already. I'm already thinking about it. I'm already reading articles. I'm already watching videos. I'm already daydreaming about it while I'm working. Do I faithfully prepare for church like that? Do I, do I Lord, this week, I'm, I want to prepare this week for next week's service. Lord, I'm going to study your word and I'm going to pray for next week's service. Or do I just leave and show back up next week unprepared? I've had to ask myself that. Lord, make me more prepared. I want to faithfully prepare to come to worship. I want to get the sin out of the way. I want to get sin out of my life. I want to get bad things out of my, my heart and my mind so that I can faithfully serve in your church. And finally, I'd ask, do we faithfully walk in the world? You know, it's easy to be the Sunday morning Christian. Come and do, and I've been that. Even in my ministry at times where... The, the highlight of my week is going to church. And it always has been, but that, that's really the only time I spent with the Lord. Just because of whatever I was facing. That's a miserable way to live. Do I faithfully walk in the world? Come Monday morning, I ought to be the same Josh that I am on Sunday morning. And sometimes that means you get things that I hadn't really polished up real well and things that's, that just maybe I need to work on, but... I want to be me every day. And I want me to be going more and more and more towards Christ. That we faithfully walk in the world. There's a lot going on. A lot of the conversations I've had with people recently have just been about anxiety of what's upcoming in our country. Things that are upcoming in the world. You know, we see things happen and you can put a label on it. You can call it a name, you can call it whatever it's going to be, but... The devil is, is sinking his claws in into a lot of different things on this world, on this earth. And a lot of the conversations I have have been kind of down and out recently. Just like, well, when it gets bad, it's going to get rough. Things are going to be, it's going to be bad. We're going to be living off of canned food and killing all of our meat and just difficult times. And, uh, you know, sometimes just simple living like that sounds good to me. But, you know, that's been kind of my attitude recently is when, when it gets bad. But you know what? I ought to have more faith, faith than that. You know what? When it gets bad, 
the Lord, he's still going to be there for us. As long as my heart is beating and I'm standing on this earth, God will be standing there with me. He'll be lifting me up when I need it. He'll be straightening me out when I need it. He'll be building me up when I need it. He'll be chastising me when I need it. When things get bad, God's still good. Do we faithfully walk in the world? You know what? These people that I have these conversations with, they might not know the Lord. They're thinking, well, here's this preacher. He's thinking apocalypse is going to happen. He's going to just hide behind a rock somewhere. I don't want to give that kind of, I don't want people to think of me that way. Do we faithfully walk in the world? Ask you those questions and think about that in your own life. Pray that you take that to, to your heart because I have this week, and this isn't a screaming, shouting, take a lap kind of message, but I believe that the local church it serves an important part in our communities. It serves a very important part in my life, and I know yours too. As we continue on in this, like I said, God's given me something specifically concerning missions of a local church and the evangelism and reaching out to, to people. And God's actually put some specific things in my heart. But I pray that in this next week you think about how blessed we are to be able to come serve in a local church. How blessed we have been for many years to have the freedoms we've had. It might get bad. Likely it will. But the thing is, like Joseph in his life, he took that famine, and during that famine, he, was, he had prepared, he had prayed up, he had worked in, in, in his own life during, during the feast. He had set aside some things that would provide for him during the famine. And you know what? He helped a lot of people. That's what we need to do spiritually. I wonder if there's a word on anyone's heart this morning.